0: Welcome to Spooky South Coast Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does AM
1: 1420 WBSM presents Spooky South Coast With your hosts Tim Weisberg and Matt Costner
2: Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz. We're all back together here in the Spooky studio after last week's Bridgewater Triangle Investigation show. For those of you who didn't get a chance to hear it, guess what? It's already up. It was up the next day. Thank you, Craig, for helping us out with that because we had some technical difficulties here in the studio. But our friend Craig Anderson bailed us out, sent me the file almost immediately after the show was over. And we got it up there Sunday morning. I don't know, Matt, if you've had a chance to put it up on the, the archived page yet on spooky southcoast.com. Um, I
3: think I think it's up there.
2: Okay. So um, we're really we're really keeping to our word about updating these shows. I notice I haven't yeah. gotten any angry emails from anybody know, <laughs> in a couple of weeks. So none of these uh, emails are Hello, are you guys still alive? <laughs> yes we are, and we're fully up to date. Now Matt Moniz, you were actually out there. In the field last week, uh, and what what happened after we went off the air? Anything happened, or everything fine coming home? And-
1: everything was fine coming home. Uh, we were out at, like I said, Nine Men's Misery. Uh, nine guys were basically slaughtered and mangled and mutilated during the um, obviously King Philip's War. Uh, it's a very creepy place because where they're buried up on this little hill in the middle of the woods. Now, the hill is all wooded, and so is all the surroundings. So it's pitch black, it's dark, and it's just Andy and I with a little flashlight and all kinds of critters running around the woods.
2: And if you've never seen Nine Men's Misery or, or any of these sites that we're talking about, uh, especially those who don't live in the area, if you go to YouTube and look up Ghosts of, the, ghosts of King Philip's War, yeah. a gentleman put together a couple of videos. They're not exactly the most professionally produced videos you'll ever see uh, but uh, they do uh, give you an idea of the location yeah uh, some of the information in his recording is incorrect but they've tried to make the best they could and, and edit that as they go along but uh, if you want to at least see these sites and get a feel of what it was like then the video is worth checking out we'll have to make something ourselves at some point where
1: andy and i were already talking about
2: that sure i, I knew andy would be um so but we did have one group uh so that they did get some evidence um dart dartmouth anomalies research team they called and said they have some evps that they caught when they were out at the uh, wampanoag cultural center the assonant ledge area of the freetown state forest so we'll have them on in the coming weeks and they can present that stuff and i'm sorry i didn't return your call but (laughs) i know using the radio to get the message out there but um they did call and i just was busy but we haven't had a chance yet to hear it, but they say that it is going to knock our socks off, and, and I believe them. So,
1: Luann also got some stuff, I believe. Did she? Yeah, uh, I got an email from her, and Gabby also said something while we were at
2: work. So beautiful. And then, you know, it was well worth it to to be able to present the history and the information that we did. And if we can come out of it with some evidence as well, that's just a bonus. So uh, Matt Costa, yourself, uh, we were here in the studio last week. We didn't get a chance to actually get out there. And explore, yep. but when are we gonna go? When are we gonna get out there and go to some of these sites? Um,
3: I think we're we're waiting on uh, it to get a little less buggy. <laughs> and, I'd recommend it. And before the Triple too, E has been and found, before again. it gets too cold, we're yeah. gonna go in the medium time.
2: That's uh, fall and spring. That's when we do do our job. But I mean, but we're we're a little bit behind in seeing some of these sites ourselves in person. One of the things I want to do is I want to get up and sit on King Philip's throne. So and. <laughs> I mean the stone one on the top of the mountain. (laughs) Yeah, not the one out in the woods that he used. But I I have heard back from people who said, you know, they are glad that we focused on the history of King Philip's War, that they've always heard us talk about it, always heard us reference it, and they didn't know what we were talking about. Now you know. And, of course, we recommend that you go to ourhistoryproject.com and check out what Craig did with Aaron Kaju, uh, the four or 5 parts series. I can't remember how many parts it was. But uh, that's going to give you a lot more information than what we were able to present in just the two hours that we did the program. But tonight, we're going to switch gears. Tonight, we are, uh, instead of talking about something paranormal, which is what we usually talk about here on Spooky South Coast, we have some guests in the Spooky studio with us. We have real-life superheroes. Uh, We have Civitron, who is from this area. And we have uh, Basilisk. Uh, Basilisk. Basilisk. And, And you're from the Taunton area? Yes, I am. Okay. And we had Civitron on a few weeks ago, for those uh, who remember, when the story broke on CNN. And why don't we, Matt, why don't we just slide your mic over and you and I can share this one so that we can talk to both guys. But um, we, we, when the story broke on CNN, Civitron, they had quoted you in the story, and I decided to just try to look up uh, the people in the story to try to get somebody on the show to comment. And imagine my surprise when I think I found you on MySpace and it said that you were from New Bedford. And I said, "Wow, you know." So that led me to do a little bit more research, and I realized there's a thriving superhero community here on the South Coast area.
4: Oh yeah, yeah there were a few of us.
2: And did did you help start the scene, or did you kind of
4: just come into it already, or? Uh, well, I, I'm I'm from New Bedford, but I think I found out about the real life superhero movement um, when I was living in the North Shore in Beverly, and um, and it wasn't until. I moved back that I that I found out that there were there there were a number of real life superheroes operating you know, in and around the uh the south southeastern Massachusetts area. So I was pleas- pleasantly surprised. Uh Recluse is one of them who's um who who couldn't make it here tonight he mm-hmm. actually uh had to go to the emergency room. Um but um so healing ability
2: not one of his powers.
4: Not one of his. Is powers. Is everything okay? No, he's, though? he's doing he's doing pretty no, well. Okay. Um, I guess he called me just before the show, and he was like, I, I, "I was resting up. I was hoping to make it out in time and 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 make it to the show." And I said, "No, no, no, you got to stay home and take care of yourself." Absolutely. But he's uh he's a trooper.
2: We wish you well, and and you'll have to come back and join us in a future edition.
4: Hopefully he'll call in. Sure. But uh, I guess he's been around for a while, and um and and you know we were MySpace friends, and it didn't. I never checked. I never checked to see where he was from, and, and it wasn't until I moved back to New Bedford and I was like, "Wait a minute, there are other people around here." And then Basilis contacted me, and um, Kismet lives in Boston, and a whole bunch of a whole bunch of different people. Certainly, some that I've I've inspired. I, I I'd like to think so. Um,
2: well, you got to be a mentor. That's part of the job of being yeah. a superhero is having a ward. You know, oh yeah, yeah. Somebody that you can uh, help to lead into into the, the side of good. But. What exactly was it about when you when you discovered that this was going on what was it that drew you into it that said hey I think I can actually get out there and make a difference and do some of this
4: Gosh well it was just uh I I just hoped I just hoped that I could that I could help out and um I'm still I mean it's 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 certainly a process and I'm still looking for for my niche I think um but uh you know that thing that defines Civitron but um it just uh I I know that I'm I'm motivated to uh to do good and to just keep looking, and um, and you know, hopefully try to walk walk the path of a hero uh, in everything I do.
2: And of course, you know, we're here in the studio, uh, the WBSM studios on Skynagonek Road. So if anybody wants to stop by and look in the window, they really, they're in their costumes here. They're, they're dressed for, uh, dressed for battle. <laughs> and we also have spooky TV going, uh, justin.tv slash spooky south coast. You can see them that way as well. And if you go to spooky uh, you'll be able to get the video feed and we'll put some photos up and everything later on in the week. But, uh, I mean, have you found the one thing that we were concerned about? Matt Osso and I were talking earlier in the week, and we were concerned about by bringing you guys in the studio that we'd have some knuckleheads that showed up here who think that they're super villains. And is that something that you guys have encountered out there? Do you do you see people that are, uh, as a joke, trying to do the opposite of what you're doing?
4: Um, I haven't I haven't encountered it firsthand. Um, I know that there's a there's a movement uh, happening right now via the internet of uh, of real life super villains. And um, thanks to uh, thanks to Zeta Man out in Portland and his team, um, I think I think uh, we've managed to turn them a little bit. And they still maintain that they're villains. They're not. You know, they don't want to be. They want to be viewed as nice guys, but um, but they're more of like watchdogs of the community, to make mm-hmm. sure that people are doing what they say they're doing, and uh, sort of calling them out when they're not. That's, <laughs> it's it's kind of funny because uh, you you
2: know. You would think that having the idea of a villain or somebody who wants to be a villain would kind of counteract whatever good it is that you guys do. But in the end, it just seems like all they're doing is by them existing, it helps justify your existence. You know what I mean? It's almost like the yin to your yang. If, if they didn't exist, it wouldn't help support your existence. So even if they're not out there actually causing problems and doing evil deeds, the fact that they exist as a quote-unquote villain is kind of just a counterbalance to you existing as a hero is that is that pretty much the way they approach it or are they you know looking for civil unrest
4: um I honestly don't know there may be some crazy just... there may be some crazy ones. <laughs> they had some crazy stories i gotta I gotta say that um they've, they've, some of them are pretty hard to believe but um you know they they really took it took it to the next level with the uh you know with the fantasy element of it with the uh and, beyond the costume you know I came up with the backstory
2: and and how much of that is like, all right, there's, you know, video games, there's role-playing games, there's all kinds of different outlets out there for people to kind of be their inner hero or or to to face, you know, whatever challenges they want to face as a created element. But you guys take it a step further, and Basilisk, I'll ask you, you know, you actually put on the costume, you actually go out there and do that. What is it that makes you want to take it that step beyond uh just you know, doing good as yourself and actually have to, you know, put on an outfit to go out there and, and represent something greater than yourself, maybe, or
5: one thing, I one thing I always remember is that there's always somebody out there who's either better than me or worse than me. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I always remember is there's always somebody who needs help. And I always want to help those who are less fortunate than me. And I always keep that in mind because, um, even during my time, which I needed to help the most, I always remembered that there were other people who were worse off, and I wanted to help them much more than I wanted, I wanted help for me.
2: So, but to to actually do it as Basilisk and not as yourself, or not as your your normal identity, is that to to kind of protect yourself, to kind of separate yourself from what you're doing, or is that because? You want to make sure that there's a symbol out there for this. Cuz uh, I mean, sort of a little bit of both. Um I I feel that
5: I want I want to be an inspiration for people everywhere. I want to show that they can be heroes too and I want to make like an impact to sort of make an impression to make others feel like um they can make it make a difference in this world.
1: You're saying you wish to empower people precisely
5: yeah. precisely
2: because I know if if I go out there as, as Tim Weisberg and I do all the good that I can, you know there's there's going to be some negativity to that in people's eyes. Not everybody is going to look at it as hey here's a guy who gives himself to the community or gives himself to the greater good they're going to say here's somebody who has something that he's done wrong that he's trying to make up for or here's somebody who's you know trying to look like a goody two shoes or here's somebody that's trying to show the rest of us up and say, hey, look what a great guy I am. I do all this charity work or whatever it is. But by being able to have another identity to do it under, it separates the person from what it is that you're doing, and it I think it means more to have somebody who is basically, sure, you're running around there with a big C on your chest, but essentially it's not you who's out there trying to get the credit for whatever it is good that you do.
4: Right, right. I think it does create a uh, a level of separation um, between you know me and my alter ego, my my civilian life, if you will. But um, you know, and 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 what I do as Civitron, um, but certainly, uh, I mean, don't 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 get me wrong. We certainly get our fair share of uh, of of, of you know people saying the same thing, you know, because in the end we are still, you know, we 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 do stand for a symbol. We do hope to represent something bigger than ourselves, but in the end we are still. You know, behind that is still a person. So
2: you do kind of suffer some of that sometimes. where people are like, "Oh, look at these guys running uh, around like a yeah. couple of goody two shoes."
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I've gotten. I've, I mean, not face to face. I think. I think that being face to face is a good opportunity to explain what we're doing mm-hmm. and to really show show our sincerity and um, and to you know explain what it is we're trying to do. But I think just um, seeing it, seeing it through the news, you know, hearing hearing about it on the radio, seeing it on the internet. Um, you know people people will people will comment on it and people will you know say why don't you why don't you go out and be a real hero you know what happened you couldn't you couldn't get into the army or the police and um and that's that's actually been something that's been kind of bugging me lately um you know there somebody somebody uh posted a comment saying you know why don't you why don't you go join some real heroes you know join the national guard mm-hmm. and i i I didn't I didn't necessarily take it personally because they don't know me and and if they did they'd know that I was in the National Guard. And I'll, actually a lot of us do have, you know, in our civilian life. They do have that we do have that parallel. We try to live, you know, live the live the life of a sure. superhero. You know, try to help out wherever we can. Some of us are firefighters, some of us are EMT workers. Um and actually, actually, I'm probably just using this as a little platform because it's been kind of bugging me. Lately. No, that's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> Why here? But, um, but uh, um, I just I kind of wanted to get that out there. We do, we do, we do get kind of personal attacks sometimes. You know, people saying, you know, "Look, look at that guy. Look at that guy. He thinks putting on a costume. Is going to make him, you know, make him, make him heroic or make him whatever." Um, you're looking at it as from another vantage point.
1: You're not limited by what a normal police officer would do or soldier or EMT. Those, although honorable and, you know, Absolutely. time immemorial, yeah, uh, they are true heroes, yes, but they're constrained to a set of procedures and protocols, yeah. whereas in I gather what you're talking about is having your own independent view and you're not constrained by such restraints. You're able to do things on your own with your own... Uh,
4: flair, so to speak, my own flair, your own style, um, uh, you know, walk your own path, live your truth, is well, what I like to say.
2: Not everybody, too, is geared toward, you know, maybe military life, or, or geared toward, you know, public service, and as, as a job, I mean, if, if you have another career path that you want to follow, but you still want to serve the public, you know, you're not going to be a police officer, or a firefighter, because there's another career calling for you. If, you know, you're not somebody that can deal with the rigidity of the service or maybe some of the physical requirements of the service, you're not gonna go into that. But there's still avenues for you to be able to help. And to me, I, I think anybody that gets off their ass and does something is, you know, worthy of our respect and worthy of our admiration. It doesn't matter what outlet they use. But I I mean, I, I don't want to get on a soapbox myself either here, but when you're in a time of war and I, I totally appreciate our soldiers, I appreciate everything they do. But when you're in a time of war like we are now, it kind of magnifies everything else and it makes everything else look like it's not as important as the sacrifices that troops make. And granted, those sacrifices are the ultimate ultimate importance, but that doesn't belittle what other people are trying to do to make a difference. And unfortunately, especially on the Internet, which I'm sure is where you get slammed the most, is you have a lot of people who are part of these – Internet organizations or Internet message boards, chat rooms or whatever, and they're – of their belief and of their you know, system and what it is that they're there to support, and they're going to bash everything else that isn't part of that, even if it is good. Um, I, I can tell you right now, I live in Wareham, and we're going through a tough political time right now uh, because there's some uh, – long story short, there's some interesting characters that are involved in running the town And there's a groundswell of support, uh, however small that group may be, but they're very vocal, who want to kind of get rid of some of these people. And they're saying that we've reached the point of, you know, no return. There's going to be all kinds of civil unrest and destruction going on. And we're going to have vigilantes running around the streets and and claiming all these problems. And this is the perfect opportunity for a quote-unquote, hero to step into. Now, it doesn't have to be somebody that puts on a costume and goes out there and and fights crime or, or does positive work in the community in that regard because that's not what's needed. But somebody needs to step up and take that role on of kind of pushing all this crap aside and bringing everybody back together. Now, they don't have to be a police officer. They don't have to be a firefighter. They don't have to be a troop. But the fact that they can come in and do that role, that doesn't make that any less heroic because you're stepping into the fire in that role. And I'm sure... You know, you're not going to go out there if there's a liquor store robbery going on <clears throat> and you're there as a civilian. You know, are you going to step in between the assailant with the gun and the store owner and, you know, stand there with your hands on your on your hips and say, you know, the bullets going to go through me first? No, I mean, that's just crazy. But what do you do in that situation as a hero, as yourself, if you're in that type of situation? Just as just as an example, I mean, what are you going to do if if that happens?
4: Well in that type of situation, um, like with any any situation where you'd see any trouble, I mean you do what you can. Um to a to a certain level of safety. Sure. Um like you said, you know, you don't wanna get right up there and stand in between, you know, the gun and, and whoever because it pulls the trigger. I mean it yeah, you're it can go you're through, not you pull it through you it through and it, it you. could go through the person behind you. I mean, that's not safe. But um but I mean there have been uh, there have been a few of us who uh who've actually had that situation happen. Um specifically I think of uh, uh, citizen prime who was out in uh who out in utah and um and there was there was a robbery happening and i always i always get kind of annoyed when 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 we when we bring up martial arts you know and he's a martial artist so of course he knew what to do but that's not exactly that's not a guy in the situation i mean he's he's a martial artist he got lucky and um and was able to was was able to disarm the uh
2: and he was costumed at the time or he was in no, civilian? He no, he
4: was in a civilian self. Um, which is, which is, which is pretty impressive. And I think, I think probably, um, probably this starts going to your head. Um, you know, you start, you start walking, you know, you start talking the talk and eventually you're like, all right, I'm 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 really going to walk it. And, and, and it leaks into different parts of your life. And, um, and, and, and like you said, like with, with other organizations, um, with uh, with organizations like the police, like, with the army, with the firefighters, these are these are tremendous heroes. Um, but there is that they do operate within certain parameters, and um, and 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 hopefully, you know, the same thing happens to them. And I I feel like it must because if you're doing this, I mean, these this is this is such I don't know, it, it, it really dangerous, uh, sure, imp, I don't know, impressive, important. Um, lines of work. Um, if you're doing it, then and then it must be a part of you. Like it must be deep in your, in your soul. And um, and so, but but what starts happening is is um, you sort of outgrow the costume. You, know, you put we put on the superhero costume, and 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 eventually you're like, wait a minute, I don't need that. You know, I don't need that. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that in my everyday life. And um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up for the, for the little guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna defend people who are getting hurt. I'm going to you know, become active in my, you know, local political scene. I'm going to, you know, pick up litter. I'm going to host neighborhood cleanups. I'm going to host neighborhood watches. I'm going to do all sorts of stuff Um, because you don't, you don't need it uh, after a while. I mean, you start off and you're like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to really focus on on being a superhero and, um, and create the symbol for people. But i personally speaking, and I know that a couple of other people have the same, same feeling. When I started being civitron i really just set out to make a symbol for myself to create a good example that i could live up to um you know set my own standard for what it means to be a hero and come up with come up with that um so yeah i mean it's 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 up to the person you know going you know going in you see you you see a situation hopefully but but your mind your mind starts starts working that way you know what can i do you know what can i do that's going to be safe for everybody in this room what can i do to help and um one of the more heroic things somebody can do, especially
2: in this area, and considering you know the the gang violence that we have and i'm not you know I'm not saying that everybody who is in a gang is out there causing all these problems, but they do arise they are often attributed to the gangs um, for whatever reason and a, a heroic person in this happenstance can be somebody that's just willing to tell the police what it is that they saw and you know in this city you know stop snitching is one of the the primary codes of the city and in the city of New Bedford. And that's one of the things that's impressed upon people is you don't talk to the police and somebody who does stand up in the right situation and, and, and offers up that information when a crime has happened is rather heroic in that stance. So just being able to be there and recount what it is that happened to the authorities is a heroic effort to a lot of people. And to have a community watchdog like yourselves is somebody that can kind of help, let people know, hey, it is okay, because here's some people that are going out there. They're not afraid to report what it is that's going on, so I can do the same thing. Uh, Have you ever encountered, uh, we'll say, uh, what's the word I want to use here? Maybe a a perpetrator of a crime or or somebody who's out there, you know, maybe causing some malicious destruction or whatever. You guys show up, and and what's the reaction when you show up? Uh, I'll ask you best. When you show up in your costume, what's the reaction of somebody that might be Out there making trouble. So
5: far, I've had only one patrol in my uniform, and, um, basically, um, uh, I've basically gone about a few stairs and about four pictures taken, (laughs) but, um... As well as a few threats, but uh, other than that, I haven't seen any crimes. But I have been willing to go for an emergency if if the situation called upon it. I always believe that a person should um, um, be, be ready to help out when the situation calls upon it because... Um, I always, first of all, I always believed in the old saying, it takes a village to raise a child, mm-hmm. because I always believed that we could all teach from one another that um, it isn't violence that teaches us, it's um, sacrifice and and loyalty. Absolutely. And um, it's a strange that we don't teach it these days. So... Um, Basically, um, I'd say um, I've never encountered any crimes yet, but if I do, I'll probably face it with the same intensity and with the hope that I will have a plan to to get ready, and I always do. I, I've always been teaching myself. Right now, I have a back ache. But um, I've been teaching myself, I've been keeping my mind active,
2: and that's the way I've been doing it for years. It it definitely seems like you're going to encounter more people that want to have a picture with you and and kind of find out what it is that you're all about more than you know, cause any problems for you. I can tell you if I was out there and I was causing trouble and and doing whatever and and one of yourselves showed up and, and wanted to encounter me about that, I'd probably stop doing what I'm doing anyway. I mean, I may not be saying, okay, you know, here, take me to the police and turn me in. But at the very least, I would probably go home and kind of rethink what it was that I was trying to do in the first place. Because if somebody like yourselves is going to be out there keeping an eye out, then it's probably not worth going out there and doing it. And that alone is probably the greatest service you can do. Just the fact that you exist can be a deterrent to crime because they're going to say, hey, you know, if I go out there and start causing trouble, one of these superhero guys might show up and start giving me a hard time. Is that, is that kind of what the approach is to these heroes that are out there, to to kind of just be that extra layer of watchdog protection for people? And not necessarily to go out there and combat the crime, but to by being out there and being active and walking around and patrolling, to just hopefully make people think twice about, you know, maybe not in this area, I can't do anything. To transfer presence? Exactly.
4: Yeah, I think um... – I think I, I I think that's that's the you know that's the hopeful idea that you, you know you go out and you do you are able to deter um there are there are a few people who do go out with the intent to um you know to make to make a presence in a neighborhood that, that might be uh riddled with crime but um personally I think going out in uh in your costume and I I, I think I think as a, I think as a civilian with no costume, with no, with no sort of uniform or identifying marks, um, I think that's probably the most important thing. I think um, that would
1: be illegal. Sorry? I think that would be illegal. I think she should, should at least have clothes on.
4: Oh, yes. Yes. That would be, that would be inappropriate and completely illegal. Um, I know that certain neighborhoods, I don't know. Some people don't like naked people running around their neighborhood. Definitely wear clothes when you go out for a walk at night and the, you know, any, any time during the day. But, um, I think it's probably the most important, uh, most important thing for everybody to do, Um, go out and just just be a watchful eye. And you mentioned earlier, you know, against the uh, the no snitching um, policy that this city seems to have. Um, And I think the mayor brought it up just recently with the guardian angels visiting. He said he needs needs active citizenry. He needs people to report crimes when they see it. Um, That's another thing. But I think I think. When we put on a costume, and I think you know, when we go out and we do get those people who want to take pictures with us and want to know a little bit more about us, whether they started off with giving us a hard time or if they're kind of tipsy and they just want to get a shot with somebody weird-looking, um, hopefully, doing that and and making that contact, making that connection with that person, will sort of and like you said again, will will make an impact on them, impress something you know on them, make them realize that something else is going on and and hopefully they go away with a little bit more knowledge with a little bit more with a little positive message you know there are people out there doing that i can do that you know that makes sense and and i'm and hopefully they'll incorporate that into who they are
1: well when i was younger in the neighborhood that i grew up in i i think more people Looked out for their own neighbors your 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 own little community washed out, hey, you washed out for your neighbor's you know backyard he washed out for his and back forth that community spirit which I've seen greatly start lacking in the past decade or or maybe a little bit longer. I think what you're trying to do is try and reinstill that you know neighborhood of you know watch your neighbor Absolutely. to help
4: help. Uh, that kind of thing is that what you're talking about yeah, beyond you know beyond just um beyond an organization of people who are dedicated to doing that beyond the neighborhood watch you know it becomes hopefully it becomes instilled in every person you know look out for your neighbor
1: exactly that's where out that's where you get you know the best results if everybody's all involved right you, you have more more hands make light work right right.
4: Right. You know, and then we're not looking toward we're not looking toward heroes you know, to save us. We're not looking to somebody else to take care of it. We're all taking an active part. And, and I think that's that's probably the biggest message that that I hope to send.
5: And as well, I think we should develop a positive relationship with both sides, um, both the police and the community, because um, if if we both decide to work together instead of working separately we can maintain much more of an impact because aren't we all working together to work for for a common goal to maintain safer neighborhoods and peace and happiness? I
2: mean that is uh, we have, we do have to take a break, but I mean, how do the police look upon you? Uh, do they look upon you as being you know help? Do they look at as you being kind of a joke, or do they they really think that you can help be? Uh, you know, just a, a basically a citizen patrol.
4: Well, locally, I don't think the police really. Or do they not even really, really know notice? Yeah. <laughs> um, I've certainly walked by a few police and uh, they don't seem to care whether they, you know, if they know about it or not. Um, I don't know. I don't but there's know. But no, I know that. No a,
2: process uh, on your part as heroes to make contact with the police and to say, hey, just so you know, if, if you get any reports of somebody walking around dressed weird, that's me.
4: Oh, yeah. Well, that's a good idea. I should probably do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, we do that ghost hunting. One of the things you want to do is inform the uh, authorities. You're yeah. going to be in an area, let them know. It probably wouldn't hurt to have them know that you're there as a potential witness, be it eyewitness or ear uh, one way or another. It's a resource that's available to them. If you let them know that it's there, they may actually utilize it. They may, you know. Laugh at the laugh? way you dress, oh, sure. but <laughs> but when it comes down to actual police work, I, as Tim and I know several police officers, you know, through doing investigations and stuff, they don't care what you look like, what you say, you know, anything. If the information helps them do their job, they're grateful.
4: Well, keep that
2: in mind. Yeah, awesome. Thank you.
4: Thanks for the tip. I'm, I'm going to do that as and soon as I can.
2: the police often roll by here while we're on the air so because for some reason they wonder what it is that we're doing every (laughs) saturday night like we're not uh doing the same radio show but uh why don't we take a break and when we come back we'll talk more with the guys and if you have any questions give us a call 508-996-0500 508-291-0500 you can also email us spookycrew at SpookySouthCoast.com, and The Silent Assassin has the chat room up on Justin TV. You can go there as well, talk uh, with some of the people hanging out in there, and you can ask questions there as well. We'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast.
1: I will amuse myself with terror. Team 20 WBSN. Into the night and beyond. Here's more of Spooky South Coast. we can be heroes. Just for one day.
2: Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa. Science advisor, Matt Moniz. Costa, I thank you for not using the wallflowers version. You're welcome. Did, did the thought even cross mm. your mind? No. All right, Not, excellent. All. Not that there's anything wrong with the wallflowers, but just, you know, if you can go with the original, go with the original. <laughs> all right, we are here in the spooky studio with two real-life superheroes. We have Civitron Hello. and Basilisk in here with us, uh, and Basilisk. Basilisk, and they are here. If you want to come down, look in the windows, you can check them out that way. If you want to watch online, uh, justin.tv. Guys, why don't we get you to both turn around and, and wave to the camera there on the computer. There you go. Basilisk in the front and Civitron behind him, if you can it's kind of weird kind it's of weird. working weird to that delay. webcam, but yeah. But that is our Spooky TV feed. You can always <laughs> check that out. SpookySouthCoast.com or Justin.TV slash SpookySouthCoast. And get the updates all week long. Join us on Twitter, uh, Twitter.com slash SpookySE. And Civitron, you're on Twitter because uh, we we get your updates. And, and, you know, it's a great way to keep in touch with people. And I'm sure that you've been able to hook up with all the different superheroes that are involved with the network, which is something that I want to get into uh, in the next hour, I want to talk about the the online community and and how much you guys all work together. But we have uh, we have about s- five minutes left until until the news break, and I, I want to talk to you a little bit about how you came up with your personas, and how you put together the costumes that you did. Now, Civitron, I guess you know that name kind of came pretty easy
4: to you. Oh yeah, um, this is such a weird kind of convoluted story, but um, yeah, it was a high school nickname. Um, always been civi. My father, his nickname was civi. My grandfather's nickname was Civvy, and that's just because of our last name. It's really long, and if you look at it, maybe you maybe you get it perfectly, but maybe you'll totally botch it, and maybe you don't want to say it at all. So they, I kind of tried to avoid it in the first <laughs> interview that we did. I, I noticed. I, I wasn't sure if you were trying to protect my secret identity. It will also, you know, um, if
2: if you're presenting yourself as Civitron, yeah. I respect that, and I'll go with that.
4: Thank you. Um. So yeah, Civvy, and that's that was my nickname in high school, and uh, eventually another friend threw on Tron just because it. I like drawing robots and robot Civvy. and it didn't occur to me till later on, till I discovered the real life superhero community. This could be a really cool superhero name, and um, you know, Civvy meaning of the people, and Tron being sort of mechanism or tool. Um, or great
2: movie.
4: <laughs> it was a good movie. Right. I heard they're making a remake. Yes,
2: you yeah. yeah. That's a whole a whole different episode.
4: Anyway, um, and, uh, and 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 I'm a comic artist, and I just. I'm constantly drawing superheroes and trying to come up with fun super, you know, fun superhero costumes and stuff. So putting together my suit wasn't such a big deal. Um, I I tried to put some thought into my insignia because I thought I felt like that would be the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, just, you know, the C sort of natural because of Civitron, but then there's a flame over it, and the flame sort of represents the power that everybody has uh, within themselves to make change in their in their lives, their own personal lives, and the community and the world. And so hopefully pass that on to everyone else.
2: And plus, it makes for an easy, uh, an easy thing for Mayor Lang to put on top of the City Hall when he needs to call you.
4: Right, right. This, That's, what would it be called? The Civic signal?
2: Maybe, yeah. That might that might work. And Bass, how would you come up with your persona and your your ensemble.
5: Well, um, I was trying to find a name, and um, I I couldn't even try. It. Couldn't even think of any good names to find because all of them was, like, taken. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to find, like, a dragon's name because I was into martial arts. So one day I walked by and I found a Basilisk dragon. And I thought, cool, maybe that could be my name. So I chose the name Basilisk. And since I'm a huge Batman fan, I chose... um, a symbol that looked like a Batman symbol as my symbol, and um, and basically instead of wearing a cape, I'm wearing a um, duster.
2: Mm-hmm. And your symbol kind of looks like, you know, like you said, it's like the Batman symbol, but you can see that it is a dragon uh-huh. uh, within the symbol. And that's, you know, that's again something that could make a good signal for somebody to to get a hold of you yeah. if they wanted you. Is there? when you're putting together this, this, all right, a lot of superhero stories that we read, you know, they're looking for something that will inspire fear such as Batman, or they're looking for something that will inspire hope, uh, as, as other, other, uh, heroes have done, or they're looking for something to accentuate, you know, what their power is like a Spider-Man, uh, with, with you, you know, you, you're not really looking to do any of those. Are your uh, costumes more just a symbol of what it is that you see in yourself as being a hero, more of, what you're trying to envision yourself as, as a hero. Um, I basically try, I basically let, let
5: me and God know that I'm doing this to help others. Mm -hmm. And that's all I care about helping others.
2: Um, but being a superhero, you, you also want to look cool too.
5: Well, that's second, um, what I care about most is seeing a person ha- happy and and helped. If I helped one person, that makes me happy.
2: Sure. All right, well, we are coming up on the news. When we come back, we'll do the Week in Weird, and then after that we'll talk more with our real-life superheroes here in the Spooky Studio. If you'd like to call in, 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. Email us also during the break, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Or the chat room at SpookySouthCoast.com's uh, TV feed. And you can get a hold of us all those ways with any questions or comments you might have. We'll be back with more after the news here on Spooky South Coast.
1: Spooky South Coast is back.
0: Afraid, you will be yeah. welcome to the Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen.
2: Welcome back, hour number two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, silent assassin Matt Costa to my right, and science advisor Matt Moniz to my left, all reunited back in the Spooky studio once again. And we will talk with our real-life superheroes in just a little bit. Uh, meanwhile, if you want to go uh, up on the Internet and, and check out uh, some of the, the various websites, Matt Costa, I know that you've been all over the Internet looking at, at some of these sites. Uh, have you had a chance to link up some on SpookySouthCoast.com? Or uh, which ones? The superhero sites.
3: Oh, uh, yep. The um, reallifesuperheroes.org is up. Excellent. Up there, so. so people can seems go right like, there and, and seems check Seems like it out. the central
2: location for
3: all superheroes.
2: And it's right on the central location for all things Spooky South Coast, okay. spookysouthcoast.com. And now, one of the things that we've been talking about, Matt Moniz, and I'm going to call you out on this, we're waiting for you to put together Matt Moniz's lab report. We're waiting for this. It's a new He's segment that head. we want to work on here, and, and we want to start getting you to produce some of these. And we'll help you, any any help that you need. But we want to get these out there because you we, we want you to educate the listeners. And I know that you've been involved in some of these new fangled uh, pharmaceuticals that you've been working on at work. But uh, I'm sure you've still had some time to try out some new approaches to the paranormal and some people that you always are talking to. And now that you're involved with 30-odd minutes helping Jeff Belanger with that, you're, you know, your <laughs> time is –
1: people right with- Write books, yeah. Your time is getting
2: stretched very thin, but uh, hopefully we can debut that segment sometime soon because we want to give you a little forum at least once a month where you can uh, right. basically just present some information.
1: I'll tell you what. I'll put something together for the end of the month, and I'll do one a month for you.
2: Does that Beautiful. work? Beautiful. Because, you know, people want, people want to know. They need to be <laughs> informed and educated. And I know that Matt Koss has made a really cool opening theme song uh, for you. I'm just waiting for right. the chance to run it. So, <laughs> all right, we'll get working on that. But uh, meanwhile... Uh, We're also putting together some of those uh, Spooky South Coast investigator nights that we've been talking about, and uh, basically we're trying to put together the dates. I want to know from you guys out there, what days of the week work for you, because obviously Saturday nights aren't a good one for us. We're kind of busy. and We hope that you are too, listening to us, but uh, Friday nights, you know, that's kind of tough for us. Uh, Wednesday nights are pretty much out for me now. Sunday nights, if it's not football season. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's kind of uh, our our available options are running really short, but uh, basically we're down to uh, to Monday nights, uh, Tuesdays from three thirty to about five fifteen, <laughs> and uh, you know maybe maybe uh, Saturday nights before the show. Who knows? I mean we're we're down to about a six or seven hour window uh, during the week we can get this done. But email us Spooky Crew at spookysouthcoast dot com. Let us know your thoughts and feelings. I mean for a you know in the summertime, can you get out there on a Thursday night, investigate till midnight? Uh, does it have to be a weekend? Let us know, because it, we want to make these for you. We want to make these your chance to get into some locations that you might not have a chance to get into otherwise. And uh, we want to make sure that it works for everybody. And if that means I can only sleep three hours before I have to get up and do my day job, well, then so be it. Matt Koss, you can come in a little bit later. Sure. I'll let you sleep late. Although you you usually leave early. Yeah. So I'll make you go into work early. Okay. And then I'll show up a little bit late. Uh, probably a lot late. <laughs> what, what, what other way do I show up? <laughs> Seriously, it's like I, I don't know if, if anybody has ever watched uh ever watched pro wrestling, but uh in the 90s Kevin Nash kind of perfected the the late arrival scene for wrestling where, you know, halfway through the show the guy just shows up in the building. That's me. I mean, not this show, but pretty much everything else I do. I'm showing up halfway through. All right, why don't we get a little bit weird or weirder?
4: More bad news.
1: Well, i got a great show for you today with some wonderful weird stuff. I feel,
0: I feel so very weird.
2: The Week and Weird. Alright, our first story, I'm sorry to say it, it's the one word we've never had to say here on Spooky South Coast. we waited as long as we could, and now we have to utter it. Octomom. <laughs> From RadarOnline.com, she's got 14 kids, and now Octomom Nadia Suleiman thinks she may have one more, quote, a little one, living at her home in La Habra, California, a child ghost. In an exclusive interview with RadarOnline.com, Nadia Solomon said a few days ago she heard a soft whisper saying, Mommy. There are no such thing as ghosts, Nadia says, but that really did scare me. Nadia also shows us the room where she thinks the spirit lives, a room that was supposed to be quarters for her nannies, but instead is now used only to store toys. It's unusually cold in here, she says, opening the door to the room. I never, ever want to be alone in this house. I don't want the children in this house, ever. Well, that's too bad, because you're running out of options there. Uh, Nadia also says a friend told her she felt something pulling her leg in the Octo home. I didn't write it, folks. I just read it. And if that's not strange enough, Nadia says one of her nannies heard a noise and saw a small child run into a room upstairs, but when she looked around, no one was there. This is something you're not supposed to believe in if you're a believer in God, Suleiman said. But it's something that I'm a little worried about. But when you're scared, you keep praying and ask it to kindly uh, ask it kindly to leave politely, and pray, and hopefully that will work. Just in case it won't leave on its own, Nadia says she's going to place up to 20 Bibles around the home to ward off any spirits. Now, uh, keep in mind, folks, it, it sounds to me like uh, Nadia Suleman is just the um, the spotlight is kind of worn off Octomom, and she needs to kind of get herself back out there, and maybe paranormal is a good way to go because she has night vision cameras positioned around her house, you know, for security purposes. She's got a, she's obviously uh, made a lot of enemies, and, and she needs to protect her fourteen kids, so she has night vision cameras set up around the house. And in the interview with RadarOnline.com, she mentions the fact that she picks up orbs, and she uses that term specifically orbs, which makes me think that she's at least you know, mildly uh, mildly educated about the paranormal. Uh, she also has a new reality show coming up on television. So maybe she wants to make sure that she can get, you know, some publicity for that or maybe incorporate a paranormal element. I'm not saying I don't believe the lady, but I'm pretty sure, and I was talking to my wife about this because she knows more about Octomom than I do, but I'm pretty sure that this house that she's talking about is the one that was her father bought for her and it was like a gift for her to Raise these fourteen kids, and now she's gonna complain that there's rooms that she can't go in because it's haunted. Matt Casa, Matt Moniz, and me. I'm sorry. Are you willing to go out there and investigate Octo Mom's house if that's what it takes? Do I have to? You can go, but if uh, if we find out she's uh, got the fifteenth on the way after you're done, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna start calling you Octo Matt. All right, Matt Costa, what do you have for us? All right, from uh,
3: Routers in Istanbul. Turkish television station Canal T hopes for raving success as it prepares to launch a game show where spiritual guides from the four faiths will seek to convert a group of nonbelievers. The prize for converts will be a pilgrimage to the holy site of their chosen religion. Mecca for Muslims, the Vatican for Christians, Jerusalem for Jews, and Tibet for Buddhists. But religious authorities in Muslim but secular Turkey are not amused by the twist on popularity on the popular reality show format. The makers of Penitents Compete are unrepentant and reject claims that the show scheduled to begin broadcast in September will cheapen religion. Some 200 people have applied so far to take part in the show and 10 con- contestants will be chosen next month. The team of theologists will ensure that the atheists are truly non-believers and are not seeking fame or a free vacation.
2: All right, well, first of all, the Holy Land for Jews, and I can say this, is not Jerusalem, but the Carnegie Delhi. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we want to go. We. How many times have I told you that that place is That's Mecca true. for my people? No, I mean, <laughs> I, I like the idea of... of uh, You know, trying to see if you can make somebody believe in something that they don't, or or make them see the light, quote-unquote, but uh, in the game show format. Uh, I'm not a fan of any show where somebody can pretend to believe and and get something out of it. Like we pretend to believe in ghosts every week. (laughs) They agreed with what I said. I'm just kidding about the pretending in ghosts. I really do believe. Speaking of believing, I believe that, first of all, I believe that's an awesome shirt, Matt Money's, but what do you have for us? All
1: right, I got something from the BBC and Ethel on the SpookySouthCoast.com forum. Bumper sticker. Bumper sticker. A job center is advising advertising a witch vacancy at a tourist destination, Wookie Hole, in Somerset, for 50,000 pounds a year. Not too shabby. That's about a hundred thousand uh, American dollars. Yeah. For those. That's not too shabby. The witch who has to live at the sites ca- in the site's caves is expected to teach witchcraft and magic. Wookie Hole staff said the role is straightforward. Live in a cave, be a witch, and do witchy things. The ad for the post placed on the local press was as well as job center says the uh, applicants must be able to cackle <laughs> and cannot be allergic to cats the job has come up after previous which uh, after the previous which retired from the role wookie hole is advertising nationally in hopes to attract a strong field of candidates with the fifty thousand pound uh... serving as major incentive uh... said said the uh... uh... developers of the site It uh, is ambitious, which is looking for a uh, key career move, should arrive, dressed for work, armed with any essential witch accoutrements. Uh, Due to sexual discrimination law, the job cannot demand that the post be filled by a woman. Under sexual discrimination laws, unless Wookiee Hole can uh, provide documentary proof that the original witch was female, it can't issue a gender-specific job description.
2: Hey, I want to apply. Well, for that kind of money, exactly. it would be worth making the move. But So the previous witch retired. That's funny because I thought the last person that lived in Wookiee Hole was Han Solo. Hey-oh. How did you not... I you not know I was going to go there. All right, well, we have a call on the line here. They might want to comment on one of these weak and weird stories, so let's go to the phone before we take a break. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How are you doing?
0: Good. How are you, Tim?
2: Oh, spooktacular. Carl, NMPI. Hey, what's going on?
0: I figured I'd call and harass you guys for a little while.
2: Ah, we always welcome it.
0: Hey, listening to the live stream. and uh... Have you ever listened to the show live? Ah, uh, um, there.
2: yeah, besides when you're here, but <laughs> Of course I have. Oh, I just thought you waited yeah, and listened to the know, podcast. You
0: know, I do have them on the uh on the iPod, so. Yeah. That's basically what I do uh when I have the free time and I'm at work and I'm driving around and I uh put the uh, show on.
2: Well, we thank you for that. Are you are you out investigating tonight or just hanging out or?
0: No, we had a busy day today, so I was just kind of chilling and I, I was going to come over there and knock on the window, but I figured I'd just give you a call and uh and let you know what's going on and, uh, and uh, see what you guys were up to.
2: Well, you can't come and, what, and, you can't come and bother us tonight because we have superheroes here that will uh, I noticed us.
0: that. I, I think they're doing a good job. There's been a lot of uh, supervillains uh, locally that have been falling by the wayside.
2: Phantom P.I. is going to have to dress up and protect the streets of Wareham. <laughs> by
1: the way, Carl, thank you for dropping off that dead body. Yes, not a problem. Not a problem at all. We're
0: doing a little uh, science experiment, and I was glad to help
2: we' we'll, yeah, we'll have sure more information for, we'll have more information for people later on, but just uh for the record right Carl is in law enforcement, so it's all cleared with the authorities
0: absolutely all right,
2: there's no need to panic people it's all although the you, up and up. you know what kind of experiments they run on the mysterious island <laughs> of dr Moniz <laughs> kids running a very little, mysterious three island. foot tall people running around with two heads and i,
0: I, I absolutely i mean, it's just uh, Fascinating! It's it's like being in another world.
2: <laughs> and and he always invites us over on Sundays for grilled meat. So you can wonder why right, we don't take cool. him up on the invitation.
0: Ah, that's good to
2: know. <laughs> All right, Carl. Well, thanks for checking in.
0: Not a problem. We'll talk to you guys soon.
2: Take it easy. Stay spooktacular. I will. Have a good night. Yes, I always make the same joke when he pulls up at our day job: picking up or dropping off. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Well, we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. All right, welcome back to Sp- oh, sorry, I was jamming up. <laughs> welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and science advisor Matt Moniz. And uh, that is the Who Wants to Be a Superhero montage that Matt found on YouTube. Check it out, because uh, these people are are definitely um, creative with their video editing, because uh, oh, there's, there's all kinds of stuff. It, basically, they're just pulling everything they could find off the Sci-Fi channel <laughs> and mixing it with Who Wants to Be a Superhero. Um but one of the things that that I I wanted to ask you about Matthausen in, in doing all that you do uh for this show and a lot of people have been you know commenting lately because they've been catching up on the shows uh-huh. they've been commenting on the amount of work that you've put into making some of these bumpers and everything and what is it that you Look for when you're trying to put something like that together for the show. When you're trying to come up with it, so you're trying to keep with the theme. Are you trying to find. I mean, most I, I don't the, most know how you come up with the stuff that you find.
3: Uh, most of the time, I try to go with a, a theme. It doesn't usually. I mean, it doesn't always work out.
2: Like, what makes you decide uh, when you're going to make a, a, a an open, an hour number two open? You know, what makes you decide to throw in the Charles Bronson and all this kind of stuff? Are you, like, watching TV and you, you'll hear something and you'll say, hey, that might work. That might be something I can um, drop in there. I,
3: I think uh, when I made that one, I think I was four on a six-pack, but... Uh... <laughs>
2: I mean just I mean we sit there all day long, and we'll hear songs come on the radio and like that'd make a good bumper, that'd make a good bumper and and you just the the magic that you work, I just want to make sure that it's appreciated. I don't know, sometimes during the, the week
3: I, I just kinda make metal notes and I have real notes sometimes. And then I just kinda piece it together.
2: If well, it doesn't work, I throw it away. You are our audio hero. And I think you <laughs> should come up with a persona that you can okay. you can portray. The silent assassin. We need we need to see the costume. Well, you know, I've been talking to him guys. Uh, we'll we'll talk to Civitron and Basilisk here about you know superheroes for the remainder of the show. And you can call in 508-996-0500, 508-291-0500. And I've been trying to get him to to become a superhero because he's already got that perfect persona. <laughs> he's known as the Silent Assassin. You know he doesn't say anything, but he slices and dices all the audio, and he comes up with some amazing stuff. If we can just find a way to to can to take his talents here and turn it into some sort of you know superpower he'd be all set. But for right now all he can do is like if he went he can only deter crime by like playing music really loud. It's about the only thing he can do. And that's, you know, they use that in Waco. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think it really you worked out for the well best, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying, you know, it's one
4: one avenue that's out there for you. I think there are a few different costume ideas we can come up with for this yeah. guy.
5: Actually, the only advice I could give is never stop learning. Um, That's the advice I gave myself when I first started. And um, when you even get out of school, I mean, go on the computer, go to the library, learn from your folks, learn from everybody you know. Never stop learning because education is something that's so precious you got to take advantage of it.
2: And that's what we love about doing the show is basically to us it's a chance for us to explore topics and things that we want to learn about and we want to find out more about I, it's, it's a little self-indulgent at times to, to say, okay, we've got a two hour window every week where we can talk about whatever we want, but we do. Sometimes you go off the path of just the paranormal because there's other things that we want to know about and that we want other people to share about. And this topic being one of them, the idea that there are real life superheroes out there working to help do good in the world. And, My question to you is if you want to learn more about being a superhero specifically, you must obviously network with the other superheroes, which we'll talk about here in a bit. But also, how much do you look into comic books and look into some of the lessons and the morals that are taught in these comic books and say, okay, here is probably the most black and white defined idea of good and evil. You know, if you go back to like the pre 90s comics when it was a clear bad guy and a clear good guy a lot of the times. You know, you look at that and say, here's the idea of the principles of good that I want to uphold. And do you use some of that? Do you use some of those lessons that were taught and use some of those concepts? Or do you think that if you did use that, you'd almost become too cartoonish yourselves?
5: Well, I look at comic books as more of an inspiration because um, it got me more into reading. And I, I go into the local bookstore and get books and... I love to read and absorb knowledge, and it gets me to teach myself new things, mm-hmm. and I want to learn. I really do, and it opens new avenues and everything because I'm more into to learning new things, that, and I don't care where I get it from. Just as long as it's good information.
2: And to some people, you know, they need that visual element to what they're doing to learn to read. When I was a kid, that's what I started with was comic books because I could see what it was that I was reading and it made a better connection for me. Uh, Civitron yourself, I mean, do you look back in some of these old comics and say, you know, th- this is what I want to uphold? Or or do you, are you afraid that if you do do that, you're going to be labeled as, as being too cartoonish?
4: Oh, um no, I'm definitely not afraid of being labeled as too cartoonish. I mean, I run around in a funny costume <laughs> and uh, and claim to be a superhero. But um, I I, I think I think yeah, I, I look to comic books as an inspiration, um, sort of as a guide, um, because especially the older ones, um, like you said, they do offer that black and white. Um, this is good. These these are the principles of good, and I know that you know as as time progresses and as we move on as a as a culture you know those those ideas start to change you know what defines bad necessarily might not be Mm -hmm. you know the same um you know a few years later as we become more more knowledgeable of of bad situations um but definitely i don't think the principles of good i don't think those change i think we we certainly we certainly know what is good and I think I think we all sort of um, reminisce about you know olden days you know back when you know that everybody knew each other you know in your neighborhood and you know everybody's looking out for each other um, you know you look back at like even like World War two era like propaganda you know this, this is an example of patriotism and you know we certainly we certainly have our own ideas of what is patriotic but we still have that example of like you know as much as we know now about, you know, what might not have been true necessarily about, about, you know, our history, um, we knew that, that, that feeling of good and what was good and what was important, um, is still there. And we want that, you know, I think, I think we all want that as a, as a society. So looking back at like Superman and Captain America and, you know, those, those characters, um, are just these, these bundles of inspiration and hope, you know, we, we want that.
2: And so many of those heroes that you're talking about, the ones you named specifically, Superman, Captain America, these are, are, are characters that stood just for ideals more than anything, um, so much so that they had kind of – it, it, at least at first, they kind of pushed their backstories to the to the back burner because they were just more about the ideals. But then we started to get more the idea of the tormented hero, mm-hmm. you know, the the hero who does good because he has something negative uh, in his life to kind of make up for, or you know, as as Matt had on the screen there when he was playing that montage, you know, with great power comes great responsibility and the burden of being a hero. And I think in what you guys do, it kind of frees you from having to. You know take all that baggage into what you're doing at the same time you can be a hero without people having to wonder about well, why does he do it? You know mm-hmm. you just stand for something more along the lines of a captain America, a Superman.
5: One of the things I always keep in reminding myself is like the, one of the histories of comic books was like um during the start, it was like the Great Depression and how everybody seemed to turn to comics when like um We had, like, an economic crisis. Mm -hmm. Adolf Hitler was rampaging through Europe. And comics was like a release. It was like a hope for a burdened world. And um, in some ways, superheroes seemed to lift that burden. That sort of, like, was an inspiration for me to be a superhero because in some ways I saw... it's just the same thing in during the same in, during the same year in which I decided to become a superhero, and I thought maybe
2: maybe the world does need inspiration. Uh, we did have that. I mean, uh, it feels horrible to say, but we had a brief window after nine eleven where people were all about doing good and the the cynicism of the 90s had kind of disappeared for a little while and everybody felt a a communal nature with one another and they wanted to do things for the good but you know once time passed you know easily people stopped kind of picking up that torch and they stopped caring and i don't want to say they stopped caring but they stopped making it a point to dedicate the time to doing that kind of stuff so i i think that a lot of times when you suffer slings and arrows out there from people that might call you out and might question what it is that you're doing. I think a lot of them might be feeling, you know, I wish I could do something. I wish I had, you know, the courage to put on a costume and go out there and walk the streets. I wish I had, you know, maybe even the free time to get out there and donate my time to a charity or to a different organization. And I think we all basically want to do good. And it's just, sometimes it's so easy to, to go the other way, or it's so much harder to make the time to get out there and make a difference. But one of the things, as we alluded to earlier on, is the fact that there is a network of heroes that is out there, and there there is a website that you're involved with that helps connect everybody. Civitron.
4: Oh yeah, um, I'm involved with uh, superheroesanonymous. dot uh, com and um, the uh, the real life superheroes. dot uh, org, and um, those are uh, specifically superheroesanonymous is is a way for us to get the message of superheroes and what everybody's doing and what everybody could be doing, um, out to the, out to the general public. Um, we sort of use it as a, as a, as a launching point, um, mm. to the media. Most, uh, mostly I think it's been, um, I, I, I think, and I, I hope I'm not tooting my own horn because I've had a, I've had pretty, uh, I've been involved pretty well with it. Um, but I think, I think it's done a lot for the real life superhero community, um, getting, getting it noticed and getting it out into the, the public eye. Um,
2: and is it, it's called superheroes anonymous, but I mean, are you aware of who each other are? I mean, do you, do you make those connections? Or do you try to keep it relegated to just the superheroes that you, that you try to be?
4: Well, we, um, we try to keep, um, try to keep, yeah, uh, to the superheroes, um, that we try to be, cause it's, it is really all about the work. Um, much in the way of like any other anonymous organization. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we want to be focused on the work. And it's not so much about the individual and our individual, you know, uh, you know, personal uh, whatevers. It really is all about the work, uh, getting out there and helping uh, helping our communities.
2: So there could be times where you don't even know who somebody's real name is until, like, you read a news story about them, maybe.
4: There are many times. Uh, <laughs> we don't – yeah, most of us don't know um, the other's real names unless we become, you know, personal friends with them. Uh, I probably only know a, a handful of people. Uh, of, real-life superheroes uh first names and even fewer last names
2: oh well, i mean hey look at you too you know 30 years in they still call him bono nobody calls him paul right yeah so you just you stick with stick What's with his what name works. what yeah. <laughs> well paul paul houston uh but I um it, it, as you make these connections though and you realize that there is so many of these heroes out there i mean i i went on and you know it says um it, for various years, it might say whether or not they're active or they're inactive, and I'm sure that depends a lot on how much time they have uh, to devote to the cause. And uh, But the fact that there is such a number of people involved with this, it must it, – it, at the same time, it must give you justification that there are other places where this has worked, where this has made a difference, and there's no reason to think that it can't make a difference here in New Bedford or Taunton or wherever it might be that, that you decide to take up Cape and Cowell.
4: Yeah. Um I think having these sites is definitely um motivational, inspirational. Uh we look at each other for for support, um for ideas, um on how how we can be effective and uh we're all about sharing, you know, what we learn, what our experiences are.
2: So somebody might say, "Hey, I just did this and we just had this event, this was successful and then you'll kind of adopt that for our community."
4: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: What What are some of the things that you have planned uh, coming up in the future that you want to get out there as different causes, different events that you either want to get involved with that already exist or that you want to kind of launch on your own?
4: Um, well, one that we're uh, working right now uh, on our own is uh, the Superheroes Anonymous uh, annual event, which is set to p- take place in New Bedford. Nice. Uh, it's the third annual event. Uh, the first year we had it in New York, uh, right in Times Square, and uh, last year we had it in New Orleans, and um, it's just a time for the superheroes to get together, hopefully do some uh, volunteer work in the community, um, and, you know, hopefully something specific to that community. Like in uh, in New Orleans, we helped out with Habitat for Humanity, and uh, we went on a uh, walk-along patrol with the uh, Guardian Angels yeah. down there, which was really, really interesting, Um and, and and it's just a time for us to share share our knowledge with each other, share our experiences firsthand. And uh, this year is going to be really cool because we're setting up different workshops hosted by different uh, real-life superheroes.
2: So it's kind of like a convention amongst yourselves. And then at the same time, there's a community aspect that you all try to do while you're all together.
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's wh- about
2: the work. What what are some of the plans that you have for the community aspect here? Or have you not not finalized anything yet? I haven't finalized
4: anything um and if there's anybody out there in radio land who has any uh <laughs> has any ideas um I'd love to hear them I'd love to hear some uh, uh I'd love to make make something happen when um, when's
2: the uh when's the event going to happen
4: the event's happening in labor day weekend okay so we have a little over a month um before the event and uh, I've put out different uh, different email and different calls to different organizations some people have called me back but um <clears throat> excuse me but um we haven't finalized anything yet. And... Well, I
2: I guarantee you through my role at the newspaper and and who we're in touch with here, and we'll we'll find something excellent where you can get involved. Uh, a few ideas will pop into my head too, I'm sure personally, but I'll get the word out there to the organizations that I'm in contact with, and we'll see if we can help you finalize something. But is this is the actual conference itself? Is is this going to be open to the public, or is that just strictly for the superheroes?
4: I think. Um... I I would love to have parts of it open to the public. Um, We I I I think I think due to the anonymity um, that that a lot of us uh, uh, maintain, um, I I think having it closed. I think you know times certain workshops, different things like that. Mm -hmm. um, Just we don't want to give away the tricks of the trade. Well, I mean, just time for us to relax, you know, with each other and get to know each other um, instead of instead of having to be on. You know, as superhero. You know, as the rule, and uh, you know, for the public, um, because we we're all you know, we're all pretty well in contact with each other. But then, you know, getting the opportunity to to, to meet the people that you, you you talk to either on the phone or via email or or just that you hear stories about um, is is pretty special for a lot of a lot of a lot of us. And I think, you know, having that having that time. Where it can be, uh, you know, personal moment. But uh, uh, some of the other things, I know that uh, a couple of workshops. I know that we're doing a, um, uh, a lifesaver course, a um, self defense course. Um, I think that stuff would be really, really beneficial to have out open oh,
2: for ab- the public. Absolutely. And if you can create some sort of public aspect to the event where people can come down and, you know, they can bring kids, and yeah, kind of make another... it like almost like a almost like a a, a meet and greet to let people know that you're out there and, you know, uh, to, to maybe inspire them not necessarily to, to take up your exact cause, but to say, Hey, if these guys are willing to go out there and do this good work, at least I've got to do what I can during my day to help them further what it is that they're doing.
4: Yeah. And that's another, that's another thing. Um, along with the community, um, volunteer uh, opportunities, I'd like to, I'd like to put together some sort of a, some sort of event, whether it's a party, um, and, and, and have it on a have it at a time when you know families can come and bring their kids um personally i think that's that's a really big part of of who i am and what i do um ho- what i hope to accomplish is um you know getting families involved in the community getting families to you know i guess uh hook them while get them while they're young and uh and get them get them going thinking like thinking like a hero thinking like an active member of the community um and uh and that's that's something else that i, I didn't Really want to say because it's not finalized just yet, but um, but I'm really I'm really hoping that we can pull that one off. Uh, I want to make you know have a have a craft station, have a photo booth, have meet and greets, have stuff like that. Um,
2: And how many heroes will converge upon New Bedford for this event? How many have you drawn in the past for the other two?
4: This is this is uh, going to be a pretty impressive turnout this year. Um, In the past, I think we've probably had at most uh, fifteen. Um, so far, I think the count is at 30, um, of people who are definitely coming this year. And, um, and I think, I think that was, I think that had to do with the workshops and everybody mm-hmm. having the opportunity to present their own, um, their own piece. And then, you know, different people want to come see that. So that's, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited. Um,
2: I I think too, that you'll find, uh, as, as it becomes more of an annual event, you'll have... You know, an opportunity for people, because right now it's kind of hard for people in other parts of the country to travel, to go to these things because, you know, let's face it, nobody's got any money. And this is something that you're not getting paid to do anyway, so it's hard to kind of devote money to that. But I think you'll, as we see with paranormal conventions, you know, even though it's hard for people to necessarily get out to these places, after a while the word gets out about how good it is and they find a way to make it. You know, and if there's any way that anybody out there wants to help, if there's anybody out there that has a little bit of extra money and, and believes in this cause, I'm sure they can contact you. Maybe they want to sponsor a hero to get out here. Oh, That would be incredible. You know, incredible. that type of thing. That's fantastic. You thing. never know who's listening, uh, especially to this show. We get we have a very diverse listenership, and, and they all believe in, and support good causes. Is there a way that they can get in touch with you guys oh, to yeah. be able to help make a donation if they want?
4: Well, if they'd like to make a donation, they can go to um, superheroesanonymous.com. Um, and uh there's a PayPal link there if you send us a message um and i love that sponsoring a superhero uh idea um and however however you want us to use the money make sure you you include a note and uh and we'll we'll make it happen you never know i mean
2: there's probably somebody out there that you know always wished that they had been batman or superman growing up and they see that somebody's willing to to put themselves out there and maybe they're willing to support it and we support you if you do that so uh Definitely get in touch with them through that website. Why don't we take a break, MacA our last break of the night, and when we come back, we'll talk more with the guys. You can call in if you have any questions uh you know maybe you want to ask them why a grown man would run around in tights and <laughs> fight crime and and stand up for the good, or maybe you want to just congratulate them and thank them and commend them for their work. Give us a call five oh eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Five oh eight two nine one zero five hundred email SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com We'll be right back with more here on spooky south coast
0: I will amuse with terror. <laughs>
5: Sometimes this terrible life gets out of hand And it's already dangerous for all of your men
2: I wanted to get William Cat <laughs> on the program. He's got quite the uh, paranormal resume between, you know, encountering aliens and becoming the greatest American hero to buying that house that was uh, haunted. And then he found that dinosaur. Remember that movie where he found the dinosaur? <laughs> William Cat, paranormal god. No, seriously. He's like the Billy Zabka of the paranormal. He's definitely my, my new hero. Joey Scarborough. You got to look that up. It's like Joey Scar something. Anyway, welcome back to Spooky South Coast where – Yes, we are talking about superheroes tonight. We have Civitron and Basilisk here with us, and uh, we are discussing the idea of real-life superheroes. They are out there. Uh, if you go to SpookySouthCoast.com, you can click on the link there to find out more. Maybe there's one in your area. Maybe you want to find out you know, who's working in your area. You want to get in contact with him or her and just say thank you for the work that they're doing. Or maybe you want to get involved and help them out. Maybe you want to uh, offer to, to drive them around because they don't all have cool Batmobiles. So I'm sure some of them could use a ride from time to time. Uh, But we were talking during the break, Civitron, you were talking about, you know, the idea of this area, this city, the city of New Bedford, and, and the fact that, you know, do we feel a need for superheroes around here? I would say on the surface, when you look at what goes on in the city, the crime complaints that we have, and all this negative stuff that's thrust upon the Wailing City, that we need more superheroes to be out there. And you were saying that you think that there's already plenty in place.
4: Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a firm believer that New Bedford is a city of superheroes. Um, I think actually I mentioned it in uh, the South Coast 24 7, uh, where they did a little profile on me. And, um, I really, I mean, there's so, there's so many people focus on the bad. I've talked to so many people who never come to New Bedford and never want to come to New Bedford. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I say, get in the car, we're going for a ride. And mm-hmm. we, we drive around and I take them to all the, all the spots that I know of where mm-hmm. there, there are, Different people, different organizations, you know, starting really, really grassroots organizations um, of just people who really, really care about the city and what goes on, and 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 you know, public safety and and the environment, and they're really, really impressed. They're like, "Wow, this is a really beautiful city. I I can't believe I've never been here. I'm you know, going to bring my kids, and that's really cool. You know, there are there is a lot of bad that's happening. I mean, there's a lot of bad that happens everywhere. For some reason I, we, you know, we we get hit with. Some pretty awful statistics, yeah. uh, In in New Bedford, but um, but there are there is a lot of good. There are a lot of people working really really hard, um, to make positive change, and um, and yeah, I I think this is a city of superheroes.
2: And not to belittle that point at all, but it was Joey Scarberry. Matt Costa found it. But, (laughs) but it is the bad stuff that makes the headlines. That's what we read about in the newspaper. That's what draws everybody's attention is the downside. And there's not enough publicity given toward the good part. I mean, we, we can all kind of agree. All right. The heart of New Bedford from the time that it's existed has been that downtown area around, you know, around the seaport and around all the downtown buildings that have been there since the city got its start. And if you look in that area, there's a real positive, uh, emergence coming out of there a real revitalization of that area and a lot of it is young people and a lot of it is young entrepreneurs who are starting businesses geared toward young people but we're starting to see that there is people there there is a group of people a community within a community that's willing to either kind of ignore that negative image that New Bedford has gathered or at least try to do what they can to to bury it and to say this is a positive community. When you're out there talking to people and doing these different charity events that you do and getting involved with these organizations, I would think you would come upon people who say, you know, sometimes in this city I just throw my hands up in frustration and say, what good is it that we're doing uh, to, to do this? But it, it's not that way at all. It's it, They're seeing positive reaction and positive results from their work. Absolutely.
4: Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you... <laughs>
2: Is there ever a point where you have said, "Gee, you know, maybe this isn't the city to to go out and try and do what I'm doing," you know, maybe this is some place where it's just not going to be enough to make a difference, or do you believe that that one person starting off can do it can change
4: the situation anywhere? Oh, I definitely think that one person can make the difference. And I mean, um, it sounds
2: corny, but it it is true.
4: Yeah, I think I just quoted somebody. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I mean, there's really really like really small organizations sprouting up all over the place um, who are all doing very similar things. You know, they're all working for the betterment of the, of the city, the betterment of the community, educating people to take pride in their city, um, to look out for each other, to look out for one another, um, find alternatives to um, to drugs and gang violence. And, and um, you know, one person, one person working, I mean, regardless can make the difference. I mean, it takes, it take it can take, it can take a little while. It can take forever. You know, but eventually it's it it's gonna catch on and really all that matters is that they're working to get it done. Um is this the city for 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 Civitron? I don't know. I don't know how well it's gonna be received, but this is my city. You know, this is where I grew up. And this is a city that I take I take a lot of pride in. You know, I, I care about its people as my family. My family's been here for, for years and and I'm gonna keep doing keep doing what I do, uh whether it's in the form of Civitron or just, you know, just, just me and I'm going to, I'm going to connect with, with these organizations and, and, and help them along. And, and you know, wow. while all these different organizations are doing similar things, you know, what's the point of having so many, they just complement each other. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully that's what I, that's what I hope to do is, the, is the compliment. And through, through whatever work that I'm, I'm able to, I'm able to put out there, you know, we can, we can all together, you know, make the difference
2: absolutely and what better way to end it than that and if you're out there and you see a basilisk or any of these heroes out there give them a pat on the back say thank you you know don't give them trouble i mean i i hate to think that we're gonna get people that now now that we're trying to help you get more recognized i hate that it's gonna get i hate, hate to think that might get you guys razzed more or, or have people you know cause problems for you but
4: well that's just an opportunity to to open dialogue
2: sure absolutely Personally and uh, if anybody wants to get involved uh, you can check out the websites they're linked up on SpookySouthCoast.com and we'll have more information as it becomes available if if things go uh, toward a a broader community aspect with the event coming up and you want to have an event for the public and when you decide what the charity is that you're going to work with let us know and we'll get all the information out there to the people Awesome, thank you Uh, No problem We thank you for the work that you guys are doing and I I wish that I could come up with a cool costume to get out there and, and do stuff in but I'll settle for a Spooky South Coast hat and T-shirt, which uh, we'll order some soon. We'll get them available to the public. All right, coming up on the show next week, we'll be back, and uh, we don't know what's going on next week exactly. Maybe we'll do an evidence review for the Bridgewater Triangle show, because from what we hear, there is some great stuff coming out. But coming up on August 8th, we're still working out all the details, but it looks like we'll be joined by Richard Felix of the hit show Most Haunted. He's the paranormal historian for the Most Haunted program, and – It'll be interesting because we've actually kind of blasted that show in the past, and uh, we, we've been critical of some of the things that have happened on Most Haunted, but a good friend of ours, Ron Kolick, of the Ghost Chronicles program on ghostvillage.com and the New England Ghost Project, he is a firm believer in Richard Felix, and that is good enough for me. If he gets Ron's recommendation, then uh, he's, he's got our support, and he's coming here. He's coming to the U.S., he's doing some events here in the Northeast, and we're going to give you uh, all the information when he comes on the show about how you can get out there and, and hang with him and investigate with him and learn from him. And uh, we'll also have him here on the program to talk with us about Most Haunted, some, maybe some behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on that can help us better understand. And, you know, if it's one thing that we know about firsthand, Matt and Matt, it's being on paranormal television programming in the United Kingdom because we have done that <laughs> We're for about five minutes. We were on one episode of Conversation with a Serial Killer, so we know all about We're like experts in uh, paranormal reality television in the U.K. So look it up. It's on YouTube. It's linked up to our account on YouTube, so you can check it out. Coming soon to America, or so we're told. All right, well, that does it for this week's program. Join us here next Saturday night. I think it's a 7 o'clock Sox game, so we'll be on after that whenever it gets over. And until then, all week long, SpookySouthCoast.com and Twitter.com slash SC. And we'll be happy to hear from you. So until then, from Matt Moniz, from Matt Costa, we want you all to stay spooktacular.
5: Stay safe. Rest assured, listener, that my time here has not okay. been easy. And what you have just heard
1: was not fiction. Although, in many a desperate moment,
2: I most certainly wish it had been. Sorry that end. it's so warm in here, you're, you're wearing full It's over for now, it seems. That's how it always Or be. at least... Until
1: yesterday begins again. Tomorrow tomorrow,
0: tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen, but it does happen.